Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Are you looking for the best suspension technology for your sport ATV? Look no further than Elka Suspension, the industry leader in sport ATV suspension technology. With championship wins in prestigious events such as the Dakar Rally, Score, Best in the Desert, ATV MX, Cross Country, and Works, Elka Suspension has established itself as the go-to choice for athletes and enthusiasts alike. But they don't just stop at ATVs. They're constantly expanding into new markets, including UTVs, trucks, SUVs, pit bikes, snowmobiles, and more. Their commitment to innovation and quality means they're always looking to improve and adapt so you can enjoy a smooth ride wherever you go. Want to learn more about what Elka Suspension can do for you? Visit their website at elkasuspension.com or give them a call at 450-655-4855. They will always be happy to answer your questions and help you find the perfect suspension solution for your needs. Welcome to DBR Racing Products, the leader in 3D modeling and innovations. Since 2015, they have been revolutionizing the industry, starting with their groundbreaking YFZ450R battery boxes. But they didn't stop there. They have continued to push the boundaries constantly improving their design with each new version. In 2018, they introduced the game-changing Vortex EXO cage, specifically designed to securely hold the Vortex ECU in a safe and sturdy location. This breakthrough innovation ensures your ECU stays protected even in the toughest racing conditions. At DBR, they understand that every detail matters, That's why they also offer an array of essential products to enhance your racing experience. Their spark plug hold downs keep your engine firing at peak performance while their LTR breather boxes ensure optimal ventilation for your machine. Their LT250 engine skid plates are a must have for those seeking unmatched protection. Engineered to shield your engine from impacts and rough terrain. They provide the ultimate defense for your ATV. But that's not all. They've developed ProPeg mounts that allow you to use TRX450R Nerf bars, giving you greater control and maneuverability on the track. To explore their full range of innovative products and learn more about DBR Racing, 
visit their website at www.dvratv.com. You can also reach them directly at 507-828-1233. Their knowledgeable team is ready to assist you with any questions or inquiries. DVR Racing Products, where innovation meets performance, unleash the power within you. Hey everybody, it's Leonard Duncan here. We're going to talk to a young man that races uh, ATV MX, um, Noah Arnell. He's going to be on today. But we need, first, we need to thank GBC Tires, Elka Suspension, and DBR Racing for all the things that they do for us in uh, making the uh, podcast happen and bringing you these shows where we uh, are going to talk to these young racers and some of the old racers and, and just have good conversations. So we thank you all for joining in. Oh, he's already here. Noah, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you, Leonard? I'm doing great, man. Um, sorry, I'm a couple minutes late, but I got tied up at work, and um, you know how that is, right? Oh, you're you're good. So, uh, what you been up to? Nothing really. I've just been uh, this an extra week in between rounds, and I've just been prepping for Loretta's and go out with a hopefully a good round. So, I'm going to have to go backwards a little bit with you. Because um, my information that I want is in my phone, and my phone is uh, being used right now. Oh, okay. So uh, you're uh, an amateur racer still, and you're still riding 250s, and you're getting ready to transfer into the 450s, correct? Yeah. So I think we're going to – I think next year we're going to do – Probably pro sport pro am hopefully that's the plan pro sport and pro am how old are you uh 15 getting ready to turn 16 soon have you done much riding on the 450 yeah so last uh well i guess last winter um we actually didn't have any 250s we sold them off in the previous year and uh i just kind of trained on 450s just a stock 450 basically with like some nerf bars and stuff on it we stayed at deckers and rode for a week and did our indoors track by us and that's basically what i rode all winter we built our 250s we got them done the weekend before gator back so i had no time on my bikes before going into the first round really yeah well you built them before so you had a base idea right well also, we actually completely switched machines. Last year, I was on a Honda, so a TRX KTM hybrid. And then this year, we transferred to the Yamaha so I could get ready because we were deciding to switch to the Yamaha 450 because that was probably the route I was heading to. So get a year onto the uh, new machine and just get adapted to it and dial it in. And uh, so just give me like a year in it, like ahead to get used to the machine. What did you think of the the... You got to ride both chassis. What do you think of the difference in the two chassis? There's, I mean, they're both. When I was on the Honda, it was like, if I did like describe it, it was like a Honda was like, it felt longer and more narrow. So like in the corners and stuff, it almost felt like it wanted to like, like tip kind of, or like, or in like deep ruts and stuff. It felt like it wanted to like just tip over a little bit and stuff, but you once you're on the Honda, you can like throw it into corners and like it kind of just shoots 
like into a corner like wherever your bars are going it just kind of shoots whereas like the yamaha just feels more planted all the time and you can kind of steer with the rear end like if you need like to adjust you can kind of just like move the back end and it'll like it just helps with cornering and everything else so you instantly felt more stable on the yamaha chassis yeah it took some time getting used to and another thing that was huge was the uh was the rear shock the way the angle was set up and it just going through choppy stuff it just makes such a big difference i'm not getting kicked as much and it was just it was a huge game changer honestly so you're liking the yamaha chassis better than the honda chassis yeah yeah what uh what kind of engine do you run the same kind of engine in each chassis? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, KTM 250. And you like that power? Yeah. It's honestly it's I mean I've never rode anything else. We just kind of had like KTMs and that's all we run and they've been super reliable knock on wood and yeah, they've been pretty good to us. So are you going to run a uh, hybrid style Yamaha in the 450 class? You're going to run stock. Uh well, pro- well, no, I think we're going to do Yamaha YFC, but we might do, I don't, I don't know yet. We might throw a KTM 450 in one of the bikes and race it in pro sport, but I think we're probably just going to go YFZ route just to really like get dialed in on like what I'll be racing in pro in a few, re- few years. You're, you're focusing on that, on that pro mark, right? Oh yeah. It's, uh, that's the goal. You got to try and get there. Right. Um, there was some chat. There was some talk about uh, amateur titles and and how many you had versus how many Bryce Ford had. Um, where is that at, or what was that about, and what was the count? Um. So, I you know I well I think Bryce Ford has twelve. I mean that's what his Instagram bio says. So I'm not sure how true that is. Which I'm, I mean, if you put it in your, you know, your social media bio, it's got to be true. But I locked up two last weekend, and that would that put me at fourteen amateur titles. And, and nobody, to anybody else's knowledge, is one more. I don't think so. I'm not sure how many Joel or just I'm not sure any how many anyone else has. I just know Bryce has twelve. Mason is up there. I think I think he's got eleven or twelve too. So. Yeah. Well, he could add two. He could add two to the field. Yeah. I mean, that's not not to change the subject. That guy um, coming off of an injury, that guy's on fire, man. Oh, yeah. He's been doing amazing. I remember, well, my first year on racing 250s, he, uh, that was like the guy to beat. Like, I remember having so many battles with him and uh, the kid's just crazy. I went to, I got to go practice with Mason one time before one of the nationals up at one of his local tracks. And he just, he's flying, man. Like he's going to be a critical, critical guy going into pro class in these next year or two. Well, he decides well, to he's, I heard he's only 17. Yeah. I think, I think he turns 18 soon. I'm not sure. I don't, don't quote me on that, but I think, uh, once he's in pro class, whether it's next year or the fall, like he's going to be, he's going to be one of the guys to threaten, like threaten for that top 10 spot, I believe. I mean, Hey, you never know. I just know that that transition from pro-am to pro is, Hey, my daughter just checked in. Wow. Hi, Juliana. (laughs) She doesn't listen very often, but that's pretty awesome that she checked in. Um, The transition, 
transition from pro-am to pro is a drastic difference. You're talking about, you know, eight to, to 12 more minutes on the track, yeah. which is a whole race, a whole nother race. And you have to maintain the speed. So I don't think Mason doesn't have the speed, but does Mason have the speed? Just to keep that in intensity for another five or almost they run 13 plus 12 more minutes yeah, they run 13 plus two i think it's 12 minutes oh, 12. Uh, i mean it's 20 it, it, isn't it 20 minutes or or 20 20 laps plus two or some something like that pros run run 18 plus two and i think pro am runs 13 plus two so that's another four ish laps that they're on the track that you got to maintain that intensity that's if it's two minute lap times. Yeah, you know, that's, a, but that's, that's eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I think I was talking to um, I forget who I was talking to. Uh, I think I was talking to Max Lindquist, and I was wondering if they took the pro am and did progressions in time. So at the end of the year. They're running almost a pro moto, but they let you guys work up to it. You know, they're not just jumping you, you know, that many minutes in one. They maybe just at the halfway point jump it up, you know, two minutes or three minutes, you know, to give it a, a longer moto to to give you guys that are going to transition. Yeah, give them like a little bit of like a little a little taste of what taste. Yep. I mean, I'm not sure. I I feel like they kind of would have to like keep it the same just for the class. But I mean, if that'd be something they would do, just like halfway through a season at one round, just move it, and like you just add another two minutes or another two laps or whatever it may be, just add that extra little time and just give those guys just a little bit. You're you're gonna be one of those guys. Yeah, if you're gonna prep for the pro class. I mean, let's prep for the pro. Let's prep for the pro class. Yeah, you know, I mean, at, at the end, the last three rounds or or so of this year should be longer motos. You know, elevating your game for that transition. Yeah, you just gotta. I mean, that also you gotta take that into your own like to your own hands for your own training. Like, get ready for that pro class. Like, I know right now I'm. I'm doing way longer motos than what I'm even running right now. Just knowing I gotta, I'm gonna be running so many more laps next year. Right. Well, you're young. You're young right now too. So you're, you know, indestructible, and you know that that youth that you have that you know you still think you're immortal. Um, it, it will change. You know, you will start to get tired at some point. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know about the immortal stage anymore but i think i've kind of i think I've, i personally i think i've grown past that point i know uh just like with like stupid like little injuries and all that and you know just putting in hard training like hard that hard extra time in a training just like it just kind of like almost humbles you and wants you to make you like work harder so you're not that tired going like next time you go work out or next time you go do a 20 25 minute moto you want to make sure you last all the way through right joel Hedrick just checked in <laughs> the real the real 88 yeah exactly the man the myth the legend um so 
well, let's talk a little bit about your training. Do you do most of it in motos or are you working out in the gym or cycling? I mean, what are you setting yourself up for? I mean, I'm not going to try and give away all my secrets, but like <laughs> I do a lot of, I do a lot of training in the gym because I just don't have the opportunity. We don't have a lot of tracks by where I am. We used to have a local track and uh, I actually got quads kicked out of there because it was like a club thing owned by a lot of bike riders and they, uh, they just didn't appreciate the quads up there, I guess. So we didn't, I haven't, I don't, I don't, I don't really, it, wait a minute. I don't think it was, they didn't appreciate the quads. They didn't appreciate a young kid coming in there on a quad and destroying all these men. You know, you hurt their egos probably. It, we'll, we'll, we'll let, uh, we'll let them, <laughs> let that, let them decide that. But, uh, I, I do, I spend a lot of time in the gym. I try to just stay in there cause I don't, we don't have any tracks around by me to really ride. We actually just, our one guy has a track now that I can go ride a couple of days a week. He said, and, uh, but yeah, just a lot of time in the gym, a lot of cardio, not high weight training and just, yeah. When you do cardio, what, ex what exactly are you doing? Uh, I, try, I try to keep it, uh, I try to mix it up. I try to do some rope. Like I won't do the same cardio every day. Like some days I'll cycle. Some days I'll go on a run. Some days I'll row or, you know, just like depending, it just kind of depends like what I'm like, what day of the week it is and what I'm there or where I'm at. And do you, do you have trouble motivating yourself to go to the gym? Oh, absolutely not. I, uh, I don't know. I just kind of have this thing. It's just like, I'll like go back and like, look at like old, just like old videos from like the season, like beginning of the season and stuff. Be like, just kind of like judge myself on like where I could have been better. And it just like, it motivates me more to like want to be better and just keep going. So let me ask you this. It's, it's an old question. You're only 15. So you're still really young in comparison. I have a grandson your age. So it tells you how old I am. The how, how did you find ATV racing? Or is it something that, that your dad was doing that you just took up? Yeah. Or yeah. My dad did race and uh, he, uh, we were just out there. Or I, I honestly don't really remember, but I just know he went and bought me a quad and during the winter time and uh, went to my local indoor. And just ever since then, I, uh, I've, I've loved it and just want to keep doing it. Does your dad get to ride very much or is it just no, mainly no, you now? No, he, he, uh, he just, he just watches me. He tried going out like last year. He tried racing me and, uh, it didn't go very well. <laughs> Don't rub it in too much now. You know, it's not going to work out. It's not going to be, it's not going to be beneficial. I'm just telling you, you know, my son tries to rub it in too, but, I can still beat my son. <laughs> we're just because we're both slow. That's just the whole problem, you know. So you started racing on the indoor. Was the indoor a um, somebody said redemption at Loretta's? Uh, I didn't catch it, but um, you started racing indoors and well, then moved outdoor outdoor motocross or was it just all indoor at first it was just a local indoor track that we had like to ride during the winter and stuff and then like once that summer came around i uh 
I, we transitioned to like our local outdoors and stuff and basically started there. How long did it take you before you went to a national? Um, so I got my quad in 2013. I raced our local series. Bryce Ford, for a whole- what's up? I, what's up, Bryce? And then uh, I lo- raced my local series for a year. And then 2015, Muddy Creek was my first national. 2013. 2015. 2015, I'm sorry. Wow. So you really, well, you have been racing quite a while. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been a long journey. So how, how many of the guys, so you've raced against um, some of the guys that are older than you, and how many of the guys your age, or how many of the people, because there are some ladies that, that race as well, and, and they're mixed in there. How many of them are still in the same group? You know, are there four or five of you that are that are always battling with each other, racing back and forth? Um, so if I were to think of like 50 days, there's not very many people. Landon Corn is one of the kids I've raced since we first started Nationals. Uh, 2018, me and Vincent Dillon, like these are like, that's us in like 250 class battling for that like top spot basically um i can't really think of much people else i just know like i've raced with like i raced some like some kids for like a couple years at a time like three four years at a time like i remember when i first got into shifter um in like 2017 i was racing guys like mason jackson grant olsen uh like Ian Juka, like all these guys. And I'm like, I was like two, three years younger than them. And I'm like on the gate with all these guys, like so scared first year shifting, but it's just kind of, there's like a couple people like I've raced throughout the years. Like once I move up a class, they'll be like older in it. And then, then once they age out, it's kind of like me, like, like becoming the older one. And then there's newer guys coming into the class. Right. 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 So you got, you got guys like, um, Aaron and and Bryce and you know Jackson and you, I mean there's there's Max all these guys know each other and been and have been around each other for a number of years and they may have raced with each other shortly as one progresses out or or doesn't um, so you have friends like that as well yeah and it's cool because like you'll see like. I remember racing Mason on like a 90 and then he was aging out of the 90 going to 250 and super mini and all that stuff. And then once I was ready for the 250, he was like getting right of age out of 250. And it was like, it was like kind of cool. Cause like every, it was like every so year, every couple of years I get to race them like going up through the classes and stuff. That's pretty cool. Josh Merritt. What's up buddy. Um, so when you look to the pro class and, and, don't give me the obvious answer. When you look to the pro class, the guys that you're watching ride, obviously everybody watches Joel and Chad. But if you're looking at those other guys, who are you thinking that you're going to watch in the, in a moto if you can't watch Joel or Chad? Um... Man, I don't know. That's that's such, that's such a hard like. It's such a hard question. I mean, that whole like the whole like it just depends on when, like when the moto is. I'm watching like 
one through five, but like mid moto, I'm watching like the like the three or four through like seven spot. You got like like just like this bunch of battle and all these guys like together just like get like just going at each other. It it is it exciting to watch the pro class because of that mid pack battle? Yeah, that like yeah, just like even at the beginning of the race, like it's crazy. Like everyone's going back and forth from like first to third to second to fourth to like all these other spots. It's just like it's just exciting to watch, honestly. It, has it always been exciting like that, or have you noticed that it's getting better and better throughout the the upcoming years? I, I mean, it's honestly gotten a lot better. Like just like getting like people like advancing in their training and like bike set up and like all this other thing, like everyone, now everyone's on the Yamaha and all this other, like just like little things like that. And everyone's dialing in their machine and figuring out their machine. And it's like not one person has that like big advantage on someone else. Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody racing the same machine and a, a lot of the engine builder designs have bounced back and forth. So there's, almost no real clear-cut advantage yeah it almost like i mean honestly it almost comes down to like who's taking their training the most seriously and who's putting in like the right like the right work i guess well half the class trains under brandon hogue yeah with on the box performance i mean joel swears by like he swears by that like that training regimen he completely swears by it well you got uh, Joel, you got Logan Stanfield's doing it. Um, gosh, I was just talking to somebody else that was doing it as well. I mean, there's just so many of the guys. Um, Aaron Salinas is doing it. I mean, so many of the guys are doing that training. I got to talk to Brandon about it, and he's is a whole new level. Is there somebody there with you? Oh uh, yeah, uh, my uncle is coming over from across the street. Nice. Tell him I said hi. Hey, Let, Leonard Duncan said hi. <laughs> Big TV guy from back in the day. Still is today. <laughs> he don't, don't care. Uh, so how much of your family comes and watches you race? Um, It's uh, me. So we go to the races regular. It's usually me, my dad, and my brother. Um. My stepmom will come sometimes when she can get off work. My mom will come sometimes when she gets off work. Um, but yeah, it's usually me and my you, me, my dad, and my brother. Nice. How old's your brother? Uh, thirteen. I think so 13. He, does he race too? Yeah, he races. Uh, he raced two fifty for the part of the year, and then uh, got a ninety and went back to the ninety classes because he's a little he's a little smaller, so he's a little little on the two fifty right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, Felipe Vela is from uh, San Felipe, the number one A guy down there, just checked in and is listening in. So uh, if you follow the score racing or Baja, the king down there, that's him. So he just checked in to hear what you have to say. Pretty cool stuff. I getting a wide range of people that are listening from cross country, desert motocross, Pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd like to go. Uh, I'd like to go race a GNCC maybe once, or like some sort of desert race. I think it'd be like a cool little little thing to do once. Well, 
they're, they're two totally different things. Yeah, but I just, <laughs> just to get a maybe get a taste of something else other than uh, motocross, I think that'd just be a fun experience. I think it would round, round you out as a rider. Um, if you get to go take your motocross experience to off-road or desert or even to the woods, um, I'm not as sh- I'm not sure how well your motocross skill set would, would roll into the woods, but I know if you go to off-road or into the desert, you can take that skill set and use it to your advantage. Um, a lot of fast, fast motocross guys that went to the desert and done really, really well. So um, I don't, I don't know which of the motocross guys have went to the woods and done super well. I know Joel's raced a few, um, and, a, and a few other guys have. Um, I, I, think I don't Chad, know. I think Chad raced Ironman a while back, like maybe 2016 or 17. I'm not sure how he finished, but I know he did race that. I think he pulled the whole shot too, actually, and was leading for a bit. Oh, that would be awesome to see, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, you just got the three-wheeler, the West Coast three-wheeler champ just checked in as well. So if you really want to get crazy, you could come out and race a three-wheeler in the desert. I remember watching those things at Unadilla. Those things were <laughs> sending sky shot. That was like the craziest thing ever. Yeah, that, that they need a uh, counselor because you shouldn't be doing that. Those, those guys are crazy. So your future goals are to run in the pro class. And I know that you're coming from a hybrid world. What do you think of the, of the rule where they're going to have the production pro-am guys need to ride production bikes? You think that's a positive or a negative? I mean, I don't know, because personally, it wouldn't necessarily affect me. I was moving, leaning toward the YFZ route anyway, like the quad motor. But I feel like it kind of kills like a little bit of the class, like with the guys running Honda CRF hybrids and like all like the Walsh hybrids and the Yamaha YZ hybrids. I feel like it kind of like, like kills a little bit of the class, like the, like it, like just having that hybrid added to that class it almost like like just like kind of intensifies it you got a dirt bike motor and just people it's very diverse i should say do you think that it's that the hybrid's a clear-cut advantage i mean i don't know because a lot of the i don't know because i've seen there were the hybrids this year i've seen i've seen quad mode i've seen quads like quad motors pull hole shots. I've seen hybrids pull hole shots. I I just I think when you got a hybrid, there's not a lot you can do with it because they come out of the bike already so fast. Like if you do any more to it, it might just be like too much power. <laughs> is that is that? Did you guys have to do a lot to your KTM 250s to make them make more horsepower out of them? So like with the two, 250s, I feel like once you there's not really a lot you can do to them to make them faster. Like you can do like stuff like tumble gears and like, but you can, I mean, you could put cams in them and like just stuff like that, but they don't, they don't, they won't get faster. Like the four fifties will when they're moving from, what are they stock? Like 38 horsepower stock or something like that. I don't know off the top of my head. I think they're like 38 or 40 stock. And then you're going to like, high 50s low 60s like 
that's a like that's a big jump where like two fifty's moving from like like thirty nine to like forty three maybe forty five on something like that maybe. It's a noticeable difference, especially. Well, you're also pushing a heavy chassis with that two fifty motor. Yeah. So that hurts you to a point. Um, it, you know, I got to have a conversation with Mike Walsh that's going to come out here in, a, in an episode here in the future um, where he put that, that KTM 300 two-stroke in a chassis. They're going to race it in cross country. I think they should bring back a hybrid uh, two-stroke pro class. Oh, yeah. I'd, was that his white and orange one? Yep. I think I've seen that. Yeah, that yep. thing looks gnarly. That thing looks like that thing looks sweet. You know, I'm not necessarily an orange fan, but that's neither here nor there. I am, I haven't got to ride the 300 yet, but I am salivating to go do it because I want to ride it in motorcycle form, quad form, and three-wheeler form. Uh, I hear nothing but great things about that engine platform, and I want to try it out to see how much fun it really is to ride. Um, you, you look at the videos, which I'm no different than you. I'm a kid in a candy store when you get some of those cool videos going and you got, you got guys that are my size, you know, maybe five, seven to five, nine, where they can put their foot down, pivot the machine and, and turn it up or downhill. And the power allows you to ride it. So if we could bring that, that style power to an ATV, and then put it in a chassis and, and get these guys out there on the motocross track again, I think it would be incredible to have a two-stroke pro class. Yeah, I think that'd be honest. I think that'd be sweet, but I don't – can you ride the 300s, like, in any class at a national? I don't – like uh, like Loretta Lynn's and stuff like that. Um, Like, I don't know if they actually, like, make a class just for the uh, – like just for the 300. I think like, honestly, your dad's telling me to ask you about, and sorry about it. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. Uh, hold your thought though. Don't lose it. Your dad's telling me to ask you about 2021, the 150 KTM two stroke. So what, what was that? Uh, a buddy of ours was going, was coming from a, a super mini and they kind of wanted to stay on the two stroke route. And uh, they put a 150 KTM 150 two-stroke in a mid-size JB chassis, and uh, they because you can board up to a, I think almost a 200 or something. So what the rules say, and that thing that thing was pretty sweet. Nice, nice. Can you see that riding on the screen? Uh, no. no. There's a bunch of. Uh, well, I wanted to see what was said, so I it has all the uh, the chat, and when the chat comes in on my side, it covers you up. Uh, and I just wondered if it's on your side over there. Can you see it? Oh yeah. So, did you like that one fifty? I'm. I mean, it was a. Uh, it was pretty fast i feel like it just didn't have like necessarily the torque like up top it was pretty quick like it compared to the 250 but uh i would have liked to see it in like a full-size frame because i was on a trx 450 chassis at that time and like just getting onto the big bike and that was in like a mid-size which was like a little bit smaller than the jd like the 90s or in the big frame well wouldn't it 
if you're going to ride that 150 though in that two stroke you'd want it in a smaller chassis because i don't think that 150's got enough hp to pull that big that big chassis around especially with your with your 250 motors the four strokes that have so much better drive coming out of the turn than that two strokes going to have yeah and that was like i we kind of put two and two together on why they put it in the midsize I just wasn't necessarily a fan of the midsize chassis and how it handled, which was why I was like kind of curious to see how it would do in the big chassis. The horsepower dis- difference wasn't actually too far off. Like it put pretty close numbers to the key, like the four stroke, the 254 stroke. But well, I think it, it, it can have a similar horsepower number, but that torque number, there's no way yeah. that two strokes got the same torque. Number. Yeah, no, that's why I was was like still even in the midsize it, did, it just didn't have the bottom and it, it the four strokes did right right that's one of the reasons why you look at you look at athletes in general chad weenan his career is extended because of four strokes you know and the same that happened when doug eichner was racing out here on the west coast he was almost 50 years old when he retired yeah it's a long long way away from where you are but <laughs> So, <clears throat> short-term goals. Oh, short-term goals. Uh, so, proud, well, we're going to Pro Sport Pro-Am, which is the plan next year. Um, I honestly don't really have any expectations going into that class. I've It's been a while. Like, like there's some guys in there, like Tino, Ian, like Ian Juka, Mason, like those guys – I've raced on the 250s before, but just being on a 450, it's a whole new ball game. Like, I really don't have any expectations for myself going into it. Like, I don't expect, like, a top five or a top seven, like, overall for the season. But uh, I just I just want to go out there and kind of get my feet wet, I guess. How big of an individual are you? What do you mean? How tall are you? How much you weigh? Uh, uh, like, 5'8", like, 148. Oh, so you're not super small no. by no means. So you're definitely big enough to handle the 450. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was thinking you were a little a little shorter than that. But, yeah, that uh, I see no reason. If you've practiced on them, I see no reason why you can't transition in there. And if you train hard enough, you should be able to roll right in, into that class because – Right now, there's no clear-cut person going to the pro class. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, just, like, whole, like the whole extra laps, like, the whole, uh, like, just the whole intensity, how deep that field is, like, lining up on the gate, not knowing necessarily what to expect out of somebody, and just knowing that it's going to be a high-intensity race for those whole eight laps, nine laps, however many it is. But, like, I think – where I like I strive with like youth all-star and stuff like that extra lap because we run five laps in youth all-star and we only do four and 250 mod and uh schoolboy senior just that extra two minutes on the track honestly just like it just like kind of like shows where my like like best strength is at with like that extra time on the track so going to the uh, pro sport pro-am hopefully six or seven laps maybe benefits me more and what I'm thinking of right now, I, I kind of, I I'm kind of a thinking to agree with that. Um, I think you're going to do better than you think you're going to do. 
because once you get comfortable, other than you're going to be riding with young men that have already been there, so they've pushed their way through a little bit, um, that you'll, you'll have a transition there. Uh, mentally, your transition is the, the biggest problem because you're not going to you're not going to adapt to it immediately and you're going to psych yourself out a little bit. So if you can get your mental game under control, I think that you're going to do well. Um, but Joseph Chambers and uh, Mason Jackson and J.J. Launderville, these guys, you know, Blair Miller, these guys are no slouches and they're not going to give it up easy. Uh, there's a couple other names in there that I missed. So boy, guys, I'm apologizing. Don't get mad at me. Um, this, you know, you have five or six guys in each each one of those classes that are super fast. And <clears throat> remember, they're all trying to prove themselves. So if you go out there and stick your chest out a little bit and and get a little froggy with them, I, I think that you're going to do well. Yeah, that's why I'm just kind of like, just kind of like trying to stay relaxed. Like going in there, I'm gonna try and stay relaxed. Just kind of like no like expectations for myself and just like just go out and ride and maybe that'll help me do better and not necessarily like play a mental game let me give you a a pointer expectations are great you need to have them you need to have goals you need to have realistic goals but you have to have goals so when you go into the class you have to set yourself a goal standard because if you go in thinking oh that guy's going to beat me and that guy's going to beat me it's not going to work for you you go in and say pick your position this is where I'm going the first time out. And if you do better than that, you're like, all right. So now I've I've already beat my second goal. So my third goal is here. And then you're always climbing that ladder till you roll up on the starting line going, I'm the guy to beat. All of these guys here are racing for second. I'm taking first. And you know who does that? Joel Hetrick does that. <laughs> There's, he doesn't go to the starting line thinking that he's going to get anything but first. Yeah, that's and true. So you need to change your mindset a little bit. You need to have goals and expectations because it's going to prepare you mentally. Things may happen and you may you, your goal may be eighth and something happens. You get in a tangle and you get 12th. Okay, that wasn't a fair assessment because things happen. Yeah. But things may not happen. And you end up sixth and you're like, Hey, all right, I got this, you know, and you'll develop faster with a positive outlook to roll yourself forward. So don't shortchange yourself ever. You know, I think that's something that the modern day racer does is they mentally take themselves out of the game. And I don't know. I don't want to see you do that. I want you to put yourself mentally in the fight right from the beginning. You belong. I'm supposed to be here. All of you guys are old. Get out of my way. Let me go do my thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you with all, like, with all of that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously I go in, hopefully, like, they go in with expecting, like, a top 10 in the first race. So I do better than that. Then we'll just play it race by race and just change expectations. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But, and, and remember, at this point, still, you're racing for a trophy, so make sure it's fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, brother, I'm going to uh, uh, have a longer form with you later. Okay. But I appreciate you coming on. 
uh, you're not done building your amateur showcase as far as your trophy case. So don't think that you're done putting, putting championships on the wall for dad. Um, I really enjoy having the conversation for a young guy to be as vocal as you are is awesome. Just like when we, when you, when you did the pre-race report with Leon and I did, you, you got a future because you can talk. Yeah. I mean, uh, just like, I don't know. It's just been like a easy thing. Just being able to like go on and like share thoughts and stuff. It's just kind of, it's almost like natural, I guess. That's, that's excellent for you. That's going to help you in the future. Hey, who would you like to shout out? You know, cause there's, I'm sure that there's people that are helping you that, um, don't always get the shout out that some of the pro guys get to. So, so who's taking care of you? Oh gosh. It, there's so many, there's just so many people, honestly. Like if you look at my bike, like there's so many sponsors, like, and everyone just helping out like my first and foremost, my mom, my dad, and my whole, just my whole like family, like being able to like sacrifice the things they do to let me like go pers- like pursue my dream. And then like TDR, Todd West from E-Racing, like those guys are like, like they get, they, they get me there. Good, good. That, that's good. I'm glad that you got a great support. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, you're okay. Uh, JB Racing, like these, like those guys, like those, those are what keep me going. That's awesome. You keep those long-term relationships and, and I think you got a great career ahead of you. Um, I, I, I want to talk more about the advancement into the 450s, but what we're too premature. Um, we're going to have to talk about it next year when yeah. you're actually riding them. Um, you know, you're already developing a program with it. So uh, good luck to you. And you're always welcome here on ATV Talk. So if you have something that you need to get out, make sure you reach out to us. Um, we're always available. Um, obviously your dad's got my number now and he can text me and, uh, you know, my email address, so you can get a hold of me. My phone number is on, uh, some of the stuff for the website or for the, uh, podcast. So you can always get a hold of me, uh, anyway, anytime, anyway. All right. Well, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to doing another podcast and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll stay in touch and we'll do one once I'm in the four, like on the 450 and uh, with a couple more, maybe a couple rounds in and just see how, see how things are going. Chad, I really appreciate it. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events. Builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world. And they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to duncantechinternational at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 